The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7. Um, believe it or not, it's the end of the month. I mean, um, it's absolutely amazing to me how quick, well, not only quick this month is gone, but how quick this year is moving along. So today is the last day of March 2018, and... Um, we're not going to get into a big, long info in the beginning, just at the end. As I said, go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Um, you got the Winners and Champions, Inc., and we also have the Prosperity page. Go out, take a look at it. We also have the Manly Men's Movement, which is really, really doing great. We're getting more and more participation in it. Anybody that hasn't, go out there. There's a discussion board right at the bottom of the page. Start a thread. Um, very important, and you know my feeling on that. We uh, have to increase a manly presence out there, which we've been lacking for at least 40 years now, and we want to get more and more people involved in physical culture. Um, I just did a show of Mark Haydock. We really hit on that note quite a bit. Um, you can never get tired of hearing this. It's that important. Um Go out to motivationandmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. We got our pal um, Scott Shetler coming in momentarily. And just go out and look at all the shows that Scott and I have done. I mean, we've done a considerable amount, and we will be doing more and more as the show keeps growing in stature. And as everybody knows, um, Dr. Wong was on here recently, and we talked about motivation and muscle because I've known Dr. Wong for over 20 years. And one of the nicest things anybody ever said to me, he was like, your show is the Perry Raider Iron Man magazine because we know if you don't, Milo had its 25th anniversary magazine this month, and that ended Milo. It's officially retired. Randall, I guess, said in, a, in some press that there might be some other stuff they'll be doing now and then. Um, I believe the mantle is totally shifted here. I know there's other podcasts out there, but as Dr. Wong and many have said, um, this is a show where we're not worried so much about abs. We want to lift heavy. We want to surround ourselves with warriors, with barbarians, with men. And um, this is the stuff that's the ticket. And the young kids coming up listening to this, I don't care if it's male or female. I mean, you got somewhere to go. And when we have a show, you're always going to get a solution. We are not, as so many people said to me, we are not an infomercial. If we talk about something like Scott and I are going to talk today about the small of the back, getting into some deadlifting, because you know if you listen to past shows with Scott, Scott, myself, everybody, Scott's a big proponent of the deadlift. So we're going to get into a few of that. And we just talked about uh, a young girl that he's training, and I'm sure we might hit upon that too. Um, just very important points. So you're never going to walk away from here being browbeaten or told you you can't do it. In fact, we're in your corner 100%. Also, um, 
Go out to MotivationMuscle.com, uh, sign up for a free newsletter. It goes right to my MailChimp account, and you'll be getting anything I put out into your mailbox uh, of your email. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Um, you know, this is real important stuff. Um, if I can find the sheet, um, if you go out to Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power, you can go out and find us out there. Um, real good stuff. There's video all over the place. Don't forget, too, to go out. I said our manly men's movement. Also, too, um, go out and, uh, it, well, right now we're doing free strategy sessions here. If you want to get on board here, I'd be more than happy to help you out with anything. And if you're in Albany or in New York, come on up here to the FBC Stone and Steel Yard. I'll give you the best hour you've ever had. And also, anybody that would like to talk to me, you know how we're on Skype. We're all over the world. Let's get in touch with one another, and we'll get something going. So, and the biggest thing here is advertising. You can go right out to MotivationMuscle.com. Look at it, fill out the form, and I will call you and talk to you because I'm not going back and forth with that stuff. Um, that's a sign of disrespect to me. You want to do business with me, we speak to one another. That's being respectful, and you need to know where people stand, and you're not going to get that emailing one another. Now, before I bring Scott in, this is a book my mom found that was my dad's. I mean, this thing is really old. And it's called Lombardi, Winning is the Only Thing, and was edited by Jerry Kramer. Now, my father was born in uh, Boston. He's a New Englander, and, uh, of course, he's a Boston Everything fan. Um, he was. And I was always very surprised when I found out that he was a Green Bay football fan besides the uh, New England Patriots, obviously. But I understand exactly why, because Vince Lombardi and my father definitely were an awful lot alike in their thinking. And I'm just going to read this little excerpt in the front. It said, I saw the movie Patton, and it was Vince Lombardi. The situation was different, but the thought was the same. We're here to do a job, and each and every one of us will put everything we've got into getting the job done. That was Vince. Patton believed in reincarnation. Who knows? Maybe it was Patton who coached the Packers. That was by Frank Gifford. If you don't know who Frank Gifford is, you should go out and look him up. Um, you'll learn quite a bit right there. With that note, I am going to give you some information on Scott right this moment. Number one, he's the owner of Extreme Performance Training Systems. He is a trainer, a writer, and the host of Strength and Health TV. Scott, it's always an honor, brother, to have you here. Um, we always appreciate uh, your thought, and welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, man. Always good to be on. It's always good to have you. Anything I missed, obviously, websites, anything that's new, lay it out, and we're going to start today's subject. No, man, you hit it. I uh, I own Extreme Performance Training Systems here uh, in the north part of Atlanta, and it's a small private training center where I work with athletes and motivated fitness enthusiasts. And yep. I also do a lot of work online, you know, provide a lot of content through my my blog and video blogging and stuff. And all that is available on my website that you mentioned at eptsgym.com. Awesome. Um, this, this is stuff that you and I have talked so many times. I just had Mark Haydock on. And we've talked about training principles. We've talked about, quote, unquote, the training experts, obviously coaches, the whole thing, whether it's in the gym or the combination of sports in the gym. And I think 
a lot of stuff gets overlooked. I mean, you know, we talk about, you and I have talked about so many things with lifting various objects, stones, the whole thing. And we know the back is so vital. We know, obviously, it's like everything's vital, but, you know, they'll hit on, obviously, the shoulder girdle, the, um, I like calling pillars of power, down the center of your back, pretty much, um, traps, but the small of the back is something that I don't hear a lot of people talking about, and it is so vital, that hip girdle, that lower back, which we know so many people injure, and they end up either coming back, or they don't, or they never come back to full capacity, that's happened to a good friend of mine who was a hell of a lifter, just never came back. I don't know if it was a mental thing to get to the point where you're starting to climb again, then suddenly the bottom would drop out again, lower back, lower back, lower your back. So let's first of all get into the lower back. Why do you feel, in your opinion, why is that such a weakness on so many people? So many people are afraid to train it, I think, you know, and I, I think they, they, use the idea that, you know, we're just going to do power cleans or whatever, and, and that's going to be enough for the lower back. But the lower back, you know, can handle a lot of volume. It can handle a lot of training because if you look at, you know, some people will talk about the the capacities of the, the spinal erectors mm-hmm. being a little bit more endurance oriented. And that makes a lot of sense because they're postural muscles. You know, right. they're, they're engaged all day at holding us upright. So if you think that just going into the gym and doing, you know, three sets of three power cleans is going to be enough to stimulate strength in those muscles, you're, you're mistaken. Yep. And you might be able to do these heavy deadlifts and heavy power cleans and stuff like that or whatever and build up the glutes, build up the hamstrings. Hamstrings are predominantly fast twitch muscles, so they're going to respond better to heavier loads, lower reps, but that's not going to be enough stimulus to strengthen that lower back. And when you talk about working the lower back in isolation – Particularly, I think both ends of the spine, the lower back and the neck, people right, are scared right. to death to train the neck, and it drives me crazy. Yep. Uh, when you talk about those areas of the spine, I think a lot of these people avoid training them because of the the notion that the lower back can be easily injured. And I think just the opposite. If you strengthen too. the lower back, yep. I, I think you could do stuff for the lower back almost daily. Because yep. if you're talking about these small single joint movements, like doing some back extensions, doing reverse hypers, yep. doing kettlebell swings – I think you can train those very frequently and with very high reps, and I think the lower back's going to respond very quickly and recover from those. Doesn't mean you need to go out and deadlift heavy five days a week. I think that'd be a huge mistake. But I think people just need to get over this fear that they're going to hurt the lower back by training it and start training it hard. You know, you talk to these, you know, the old what was the, the kid that all, all he wants to do is you know pecs and biceps, right? <laughs> yep, you know, yep. Chest and biceps. Yep. If people put half as much effort into training their lower backs as they do their biceps you'd see massive, massive, strong lower backs. Yeah. And it's nothing that you need to be – it's nothing that you're going to hurt easily. I think the, the more work you do on the lower back, the, the less injury you're going to see, mm-hmm. you know, sort of a contact injury in like a, a football or a, sure. or a contact sport like wrestling or grappling or something like that. But they just they're, – they're afraid to train it. And it's, in my opinion, completely misguided and moronic. No, I totally agree. And our, our motto here now, Bill Crawford and I always joke about it, but it's not peck and bicep here. It is traps and neck. That's what we call the new sexy look of the body. But here, here's the biggest thing. When you talk spinal erectors, as I call the, the pillars of power or the Roman pillars, you know, who cannot, if you've been hanging around, uh, the strength, uh, 
world for a long time. I mean, think about pictures of like Riegert. Think about pictures that picture on Milo of um oh now don't don't do this to me. Um what's his name? Um ba 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 he was uh Yuko Yuko Ahola? Ahola, yeah. I couldn't yeah, I couldn't think I mean think about that I mean you could literally lose from right from your fist into your wrist. That's how isn't that the dude didn't they use him for that poster that they sell that says uh uh the the spinal erectors are are to weightlifters what biceps are to bodybuilders? Absolutely. Unbelievable. Um but it but here's the greatest thing about, you know, with like Ahola too, I mean yeah, I think he won two World Strongest Men. Um, he was the first to literally set up the whole course at his house that they were using. So that's what created where we are today. But, you know, when I'm talking about all these things, the small, the back, and the erectors, now, as everyone knows, we have a lot of big stone lifters from Scotland on here. And Charlie Oliphant, who's a great, great friend to me in the show, you know, when Charlie went after the Dinnies in 2017, and Charlie had massive success in stone lifting in 17, you know, he went to Andrew Carney, who, uh, anybody that knows anything about strength, this guy is a champion in everything he does. And he owns a gym, obviously, in Scotland, too, and he's uh, he dates Kara Shaw, who's been on here, who's a phenomenal strong woman. And... One of the things that they figured with Charlie after Andrew watching him was this, and this is very true with everything. They felt that he lacked the trap rhomboid strength. Now, this guy is no clown. I mean, he's an established stone lifter, et cetera, et cetera. But they felt if he was going to have the success he wanted with the Denny's, he had to shore that whole upper part of his back among everything else on his back. He did it, and it's history. I mean, now they're getting ready. Uh, he and Liam and Mark, uh, these two guys are phenomenal stone lifters. April 28th, they'll all be going up to see if they can qualify to go and be invited to the gathering in Scotland to lift the Denny's. And this is no big deal. This is a very big deal, I should say, because here's two guys that more or less were our laborers. Didn't have a lot of weightlifting experience, some, but didn't have a lot of quote unquote stone lifting other than what they were doing with manual labor. And this just goes to show you the strength that you build from manual labor because when you're lifting rocks or you're moving gravel or wheelbarrows or digging, what is that doing to the body? Obviously, I know it's a different, uh, style of strength to a point. But look what they've done with it, how they've transcended it right across the board, man. And these guys are lifting phenomenally heavy things now. Um, and you don't think they don't have the backs or the lower back to do this? Or we talk about the glutes and the hamstrings and all that. Look, you're not lifting any of that stuff. And the biggest thing is, think about the grip that these gentlemen got to have just to hold those rings. Um, it's phenomenal. And when we talk about, you know, deadlifts and stuff, like I said, I was telling Scott before we came on with Mark Haydock. Mark is probably the biggest proponent I've ever talked to about a trap bar deadlift. I mean, this guy does everything with a trap bar. And I've seen this stuff out there. It just, it's mind blowing what he does. 
And, I mean, I've talked to him when we talked today. I mean, I think he's pulled now over a 1,000 pounds with the Denny's. I mean, you know, and he's going to probably be the guy that is going to either tie it or beat Donald Denny's walk with the Denny Stones. And it's no small feat, believe me, because when he was doing it last year, he tore his Achilles tendon and still finished it. He was literally on one leg. And this is the, this is what it's all about. And the deadlift, I agree with Scott with all that. It's like, I think anything that's performed correctly, and as Scott said, you know, it's foolish if you think you're going to deadlift five days a week because you are asking for trouble then. Or you use sloppy form, and we know when you have done too many days, you're tired even though you don't want to admit it, that's when we have these bad, bad accidents happen where, you know, you blow your lower back out, yep, you can have it, you can come back. I mean, we talked about glued hams, and we talked about the reverse. Um, phenomenal machines. I mean, you look at Louis Simmons, we know the history of that, what that machine did for him, how it pretty much restored his career back in the prominence. But why go out and do something to yourself uh, knowingly that could stop you for quite a while with your training? So, yes, you know, the whole – and I, I'll tell you this, and I'll give it right to you, Scott. Look at somebody that's got a well-developed back. It looks better than any body part. I mean, when you see somebody – in a t-shirt, or even they're covered up, you know right away by the traps, because I was telling uh, um, Scott, uh, John and I have been doing, John McKean have been doing so much stuff in the middle of the rack, which is phenomenal stuff, and I can't remember what article it was, he's been sending me a lot of the old, old stuff, and they were talking about obviously, you know, doing all the different things, and they were big proponents of the high pole. And I can't remember who it was, but one of the gentlemen in there said, we're going to build traps that are so high and so developed that they're going to go up over the top of their ears. Now, here's what I want to tell you, and I'm going to give it right to Scott. You got traps like that, you can ask anybody that's a lifter, no matter what it is. There isn't anything you won't lift off the ground. Take it away, brother. Now, when you mentioned uh, manual labor and stuff a few minutes ago, that reminded me in powerlifting they always talk about how the fins have such a prominent deadlift you know they're they're known for their their deadlifting prowess and louie always talks about his friend sakari silkenaho who's got a gym over there where they they've a lot of a lot of big powerlifters have come out of and one of the things that he talks about is and and why louie's such a big proponent of sled dragging is a lot of these guys they work i don't know if they're lumberjacks or if they work in logging or whatever but they drag you know these big heavy logs yep. much in the way that we're going to drag sleds yep. you know to build up the the back side of the body and what a tremendous grip it builds so when you think about the concept of gpp general physical preparation sure, sure. a lot of these people who rely so heavily on manual labor and very physical jobs they're almost getting gpp as a result of their occupation. So you, you think about these guys that, you know, they use the term like country boy strength or whatever. It's just because these guys are very, very physical. Yeah. You know, you think about these kids, and, you know, I, I grew up in very rural Ohio and I had a lot of friends who spent summers, you know, bailing hay and stuff like that. And they just had really, really strong grips and strong backs and they could do a lot of pull-ups. And it wasn't a function of them going out and training, you know, pull-ups all the time. It was a function of them being physical. Yeah. And I think you're starting to see less and less of that because people aren't, 
as physical when it comes to their occupations nowadays. You know, kids aren't doing those physical part-time jobs and stuff, and they talk about the state of physical fitness with young kids nowadays. They're just they're they're a lot softer and they're a lot weaker, and it's just because they don't participate in as much physical activity as when we were kids. And unless they're actively involved in a sport, you know, with the the lack of physical education programs and things like that at school, they're just not getting that that general physical development that you need to build a good, good physical foundation. And, you know, back in the day, a lot of that was attributed to that, that sort of manual labor. Even nowadays, people who do heavy manual labor, they have usually have an excellent strength base as a result. So it just, you know, that kind of spurred that, you know, memory when you, uh, when you mentioned, you know, the manual labor with the back strength and things like that. But I think there's a, there's a lot to that. Well, there's totally a lot to it, and, you know, these kids would be much better in everything they do if they did it. But, you know, we've talked about this. I mean, there's a lot of factions in the in society that really, I believe they don't want you to be strong. Um, we've heard it over and over again. We know where the, the male has been the last 40 years, um, and it's not good. I mean, you go out and take a walk, and I'm sure you can attest to it. I mean, look at the majority of males. We're not even going to talk about the females. I mean, they have uh, normally a good-sized belly, um, no ass on them at all. Uh, you look in their eyes, they got deer eyes, man. They don't have the tools, in my opinion, to even be able to function properly in a very stressful situation. Um, and when you have sons and daughters, what do you think they're going to become too? The example is what is one of the most important things. Um, and, I, and I've gotten into this beef with a lot of people, Scott, where, well, not everybody wants to go lift a 400-pound stone and this, that. And I said, that's just excuses. No one, I have never said to anyone that, you need to go out and lift a 400-pound stone, all right? That's not my gig. But what you do need to be able to do is to keep yourself healthy enough where if something should arise, you can hit the rubber to the road and be okay. That's what's very important. And then secondly, we know technology, man, is really a double-edged sword, I mean, it's great for what we do here with our businesses, but that's where I leave it. You're not going to find me texting on a phone very much. I don't use the phone a lot unless it's for business or if I get calls from my buddies or whatever. But I'm not a real phone guy either. I've never really been. Um, you know, I use it as, a, um, you know, like anything. It's, it's value is for whatever I want to use it for. But if I have it even on me, it's off. I never have it on in my pockets or anything like that. But the manual labor does more for you than just makes you strong grip-wise and everything else. It's an element where, you know, your mind has to really work to lift that bale of hay or, or throw those stones or wheelbarrow dirt up a hill. You know, I mean, you have to connect. It can't be just... I'm going to, you know, type into a phone, and that, what, what does that take? Who, who cares? You know what I mean? But when you're doing these physical things, they make you more than what you're used to being. You have to incorporate everything into it to get the task done. There's nothing like it. You know, I've talked about um, Gareth Denyer, who's a, a good good friend of the show, 
who um, I think he's had he's had over a hundred Division One football players out of his gym, and he said right now the things he's facing more than ever, and I know my brother-in-law has dealt with it. You probably have too. Um, the kids coming in now. He's having more and more trouble getting them motivated to train for their for their given sport. Um, you know, it is the pecs and biceps. Well, I went through that all too. I mean, back when I started, every what am I looking at with everybody? Look how big their arms are. Okay, well, you get over that quick, I hope. Um, but the problem is, they are not involved the way they've been in the last few years. He's seeing a breakdown, a disconnect, totally. And the thing that he's having more and more problems with are the mothers are so highly involved with these kids. I guess he gave a kid some a real hard time about some stuff. Well, the mother called, and she's screaming at him, how dare you talk to my son that way, and you know what you could do to him, you know, mentally because of that. And he's like, well, you know, don't bother bringing your son here anymore. All right, if he's that delicate, you know, then maybe he needs to go be a cheerleader or whatever now. But the point of the matter is you have to give to receive, and nothing, especially physical, is going to come and knock on your door and say, hey, I'm here. It's not going to happen. So go ahead, Scott, take it. But the point of the matter is, you know, you need to do manual work. You need to get out and mow the lawn. You need to go out and rake, all these things. And most of this we see it's just dying on the vine everywhere and it's the idea that well you don't need it anymore okay you don't need it these kids, yeah these kids have no these kids have no base you know there's no physical foundation right so th- think about the job you know and i mean i've, I've seen i think everywhere there, there's bad coaching and you know nobody yep. coaches nobody coaches anymore i think what happens is a lot of these these youth athlete you know whether it's school uh Football, whether it's you know whatever sport it is, yep. a lot of times these high school coaches they're not just coaches. You know, it's a biology teacher that also yeah. coaches the football team that also manages the strength room. So they're expected to wear all these hats, and I mean you can't really blame that individual. I mean, if anything, you know, there's respect there for them taking on all these extra things, probably for for no compensation, correct? So the, the school program can exist. But the lack of education goes down dramatically because how, how good of a strength coach is he going to be when he's teaching biology six periods a day, when he's got to manage the entire football team, when he's got his you know personal life and things like that? He's not going to put a lot into the research and development that goes along with implementing a, an appropriate strength and conditioning program at school. So you get this, this element of almost non-coaching where they just rely on the gifted athletes or the ones whose parents – maybe enroll them in a private strength training facility or they send them for private lessons in their sport or they participate in other things that make them excel as an athlete. So now you get these these more, more exceptional, right. exceptionally talented kids that the coach kind of relies on, and there's, there's a lack of coaching. They're not developing an unskilled player into a football player. They're just, they're just focusing on the more highly skilled ones and then the ones that are less skilled just kind of fill in the gaps. So you, you're not really coaching at that point. You're just kind of managing a group of kids. So when you take that situation and then you get this generation of kids who've got no physical fitness foundation, that's just adding one more element in the lack of preparedness column. And it makes it even harder because now you got kids that don't have the physical abilities to even go out and practice. Right. You know, and if you don't have the physical stamina, the, the base general physical preparation to go out and handle 
practice or, or when they get to like these, these two a days that they do in, in August, you know, where it's hot out. Yeah. These kids are just, they're just, they're just weak kids and they can't handle even the, the stresses of participating in their, their junior high or, or high school, high school sport. And that's ridiculous, but that's where the system, that's where our system fails these kids because, you know, we, we've mentioned it a thousand times. What's the first program that gets cut from elementary oh, yeah. education yep. programs? Physical education. Yep. Recesses get shortened, yep. you know, and that has a huge impact. And kids aren't physical. Not, you know, I, I live in the metro Atlanta area and I, I don't know, you know, if I had kids, if I'd want them out riding their bikes all over the neighborhood. And, you know, I mean, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous yeah, area. It is. It is. Traffic and the amount of people and stuff like that. Whereas where I grew up, you know, we could jump on our bikes and take off all day. Yeah. And, you know, mom said be home for yep. dinner at five o'clock. Yep. You know, and Same it, it was here. safer. It was yep. a safer environment, so we could go out and play in the woods and climb trees and ride our bikes and skateboards and, and do all this stuff. Where you're 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 physical, you're active, you're you're developing a base level of, of strength and endurance. You're developing motor skills. You're developing all these things that can be translated into athletic performance later on. And you just don't you just don't have that nowadays. And I think that has a huge impact on. Even outside of school, you know, don't, you know, don't even talk about these athletes that these coaches are getting. Look at our, look at the armed forces. Uh, I remember listening to a strength coach who does a lot of work with, uh, with the army on their physical fitness, uh, training and standards. He works with, you know, a lot of rangers and things like that. But he was talking about the kids that the army gets at boot camp nowadays are much softer than what you got back in the days. Yeah. You know, that's why they're putting such an emphasis on their physical, uh, their physical training and, uh, basic training and, 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 you know, advanced schooling. Um, that's interesting you said that because probably about maybe a month ago or less, Dr. Wong put a big thing out how the Army has had to dumb down their standards even more because the weak snowflake male can't even throw a hand grenade now. And I, I put the crack out there and people were all laughing, but I was serious. I said, have them throw their iPhone instead. And, and look... When it's come down to that, we got some pretty serious stuff. And, you know, you and I have gotten in a little bit of political stuff, this and here, and, and you know my feeling on that. I don't really want it. But, you know, besides cutting these physical programs and a lot of the people teaching now who have no self-worth, I think, for themselves and who feel anything physical, you know, we got to keep hearing the word bully and Neanderthal and all these things. They're doing a great disservice to these children. And I used to think it was just coincidental. I think it's planned. I do, because what is what good is having a strong society of people? They want people that they can walk on, scare the life out of, you know, tell you you don't need to do this, you know, you're this, that, and the other thing. And let's face it, a, a constant barrage of this type of verbiage, whether it's school, media, family, friends, what do you think you're going to do to a young mind? Now, for instance, I talk about my nieces and nephews. They're all very good athletes, and you can see it's happening more and more with them. But both sides of the family are like that. But don't think that they're not hearing things. Madeline, that was my little niece. We call her Maggie. She's 10. And I put that picture of her up where she was up at the gym with my brother-in-law, Dan. If she's 60 pounds soaking wet, she's lucky. And I'm telling you, I've never seen a kid fall into a wrestler's bridge like that or do handstand push-ups with ease. I'm talking she's a peanut out of all the kids. She's the smallest. But yet, 
she is fire. And my, my sister was telling me, and I felt really bad, man, to hear this. She said to her the other day, Mom, is anyone going to come into our school and, and shoot people? And I'm saying to myself, this is what these kids got to live with, right? This is what they got to deal with every day. And I'm, and you said it, Scott. Same way here. We could get on our bikes and go, be home for dinner. My parents never worried about anybody effing with us. And if they did, there'd be hell to pay, believe me. And I'll tell you a story quick. One of my buddies who's a cop I grew up with, uh, his sister, who I went to school with, we were, I think, a year or two older than my buddy Bob. Um, and these areas were all great areas. I guess there was somebody driving around with their drawers down, calling the kids to the car. You used to hear that now and then. And they were out, his sister and her friend were out, probably a couple blocks away from the house on a main drag, and this guy exposed himself. That was one father you didn't want to come home and say something like that to. Well, he came out of the house, and he went down on the street, and he found the son of a bitch at a stoplight. Now, if he did that right now, he'd be away forever. He pulled him out by his shirt collar and beat the snot out of him right in the middle of the road. And I said to myself, you know, they don't want to hear any of this in today's age, and you've got these kids scared to death of everything and locked down everywhere, and we don't want you to be physical, and we don't want you to be mentally strong or anything. And I understand those concerns. And you need to make your child or whomever it is as comfortable as you can. You know, you can only do so much because it's just a barrage of this shit coming at them all the time. But I just think in this day and age, you know, and I know we kind of got off things a little bit, but it all comes back to physical culture, to the small of your back, to creating a strong body from head to toe, and especially the mental resolve. You know, we don't talk about that enough. We just don't. And the, and the thing with the physical programs going away more and more at school, being cut, and they'll say, well, we don't have the dollars. Well, you got to go find the dollars. Or maybe you got to make commitments to other things and get rid of things that you really don't need, but it all looks very good in the PC world. And we need physical culture in schools now more than I believe ever. Go ahead and take it, brother. I think we definitely need it more than ever in schools. I mean, you just know the benefit. One of the big benefits of physical training and strength, you know, strength training that we do is just the, the confidence that it gives you in yourself. Yep. You know, having having that physical ability. You know, every time that you go to the gym and, and lift weights and stuff, you're you're accomplishing something, you know, and, and, and those repeated small successes build a huge amount of confidence in the, the kids and the people that participate in those, uh, those programs. The problem is, is, you know, nobody wants to go do that, you know, because, and <clears throat> you look at like, you know, the salaries of a physical education teacher or something like that. It doesn't make it attractive. You know, and I think teaching across the board is some of the most underpaid professionals out there, but I mean, it, it it's such an important job but it doesn't make it attractive to somebody who really has a passion for, you know, most people that do it are going to go open up their own facility, their own training center, and they're going to work independently because that gives you the, the greatest earning potential, which you can't really blame that. I mean, you, you want to be successful with what you want to do. You know, it's what you want to do, you know? So uh, something has to change because the system obviously is not working and continuing right. to cut these programs and to put lack of emphasis on physical education is not, 
you know, not going to solve it. But I mean, that's all I got to say about that. But no, and you're right on the money. But you know, let, let's let's. Uh, I know we're getting near time and stuff, but let's just talk about a program. Well, no matter what level you are, you know, but especially like um, you have that young girl that uh, um, you've improved their swing, the speed, and all that. Yeah. Let, let, yeah I so mean, that, that, uh, that, that's a softball player that I've right, right. been working with now for a few months. And, then, you know, as I was telling you before we started the show, uh, her name's Jordan. She's a, you know, she's a very well rounded athletic girl. Uh, she catches, I think she plays second base and, and maybe uh, outfield on occasion. But, uh, she, when she came, when her parents brought her to me, she, her bat speed was a little slower than her hitting coach would have liked. I think about 10 miles an hour slower than her hitting coach wanted. And one of the, it was just kind of funny. And I, I don't want to get the information incorrect here, but her mom, when she had mentioned something about enrolling her in a strength training program, he didn't, he didn't seem to be as on board with that as, as you would think. Yep. And after only like three weeks, her hitting consistency improved, her hitting power improved. And he was just blown away saying, whatever you're doing, keep doing. She's like, well, it's what you, you know, what you told me you were going to do. You know, she's, she's just, you know, following a strength training program a couple days a week. And it's not like, you know, when we invest about two hours a week in her and she's just absolutely crushing the ball now with less than, you know, less than three months. I think we're going into our third or fourth month of training now. And she had a tournament just the other weekend where she said that she hit, she just crushed this ball and was like five feet away from the fence. You know, her first all her almost her first out of the park home run, you know. So I mean, it, it's just, and it's not like what we're doing is anything revolutionary. And I, I know we want to talk a little bit about the deadlift in the back, and we touched Absolutely. on a little bit earlier. Yep. But one of this, you know, one of the staples in the programs that I use with all my athletes, whether it's uh, you know, my baseball players, softball player, volleyball player, or uh, the majority of what I'm working with right now is grapplers, jujitsu athletes, MMA fighters. You know, of course, powerlifters. But one of the staple in, in in these programs is the deadlift, particularly for us, the sumo deadlift. I know it's getting a little bit away from the back, but no, it's fine. Need, yeah, athletes need really strong hips, and the benefit of the sumo deadlift is the emphasis that it places on hip strength. You know, and and we go back to what we talked about working the lower back more frequently with things like reverse hypers and kettlebell swings, back extensions. I use those exercises to isolate. Yeah, the spinal erectors in the yeah. lower back. You know, you know, we talk about you know, and some I want to mention. We were talking about a whole a, a little yeah. while ago. Yeah, you know, we talk about the spinal erectors. When you look at the back development of weightlifters, and granted, a lot of it comes from their 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 uh, clean and jerk and their snatch, no doubt about that. But when you look at the the training logs, a lot of these people, you know, Alexei lived on the inverse curl. You mm-hmm. know, the back raise. Absolutely, they did tons and tons and tons and tons of volume. You watch yep. that. Who, who's that great? The, the amazingly strong guy. Everybody's you know, uh, cloak off. Yeah, uh, you yep. watch his videos. Yep, he's doing back. He's doing back extensions with insane loads on his back. You know. Yeah. Uh, so that that that's just a staple. Back extension was a staple in the program of a lot of these weightlifters. That's that's why it drives me nuts when these people talk about oh he needs clean jerk and snap. No, you don't. Yeah. Front yeah. squat, back squat. You need those accessory exercises that strengthen those those weak points. And the, the lower back is a massive weak point, whether you're a powerlifter, squatting and deadlifting, whether you're a weightlifter. And an athlete needs a strong, strong, strong lower back. So we put a huge emphasis and a huge amount of volume in those single joint exercises, those single joint hip extension exercises, on top of heavy deadlifts, trap bar deadlifts, and sumo deadlifts. And it's it's not rocket science. You do this and you implement it consistently, and these athletes get stronger and more powerful. No. I totally agree. Here, here's one of the biggest things too. When you think about it, 
the glued ham, obviously, we talked about, Alexia. Um, you know, we've talked about with the Palma horse. It's the same concept. Yep. Huge bar on the neck, explode up. He, You know, he'd lock his feet into um, like whoever, whatever they're doing with the, with the rods across the wall, and they're climbing up them usually. Just incredible stuff. And that's where a lot of this evolved from, which I have an original machine. And I'm telling you right now, whether you use weight, bands on it, you can hook anything you want, you just got to be a little smart about it, is you can build a set of erectors on your back that's unbelievable. I mean, these guys, like Scott said, were hammering this thing. But as we talked about offline, you know, especially with the program uh, Scott's doing with the softball player is, you know, isometric pulls with a hold. You can go to the floor. Do a set of whatever you want, back and forth. I mean, everybody knows what I'm doing with John with the mashing middies. I mean, if you believe in doing good mornings, I mean, there's there's lots of lifters from way back when um, that will tell you that's what they did. They weren't even squatting a lot. There's also pulls at all varying heights. I mean, it, you can do anything like that. One of the things I do that I feel is very, very good all the way through the hip girdle and the whole body is I had a special um, piece made, and I do the shovel lift with it. Now, a shovel lift, this apparatus alone weighs 70 pounds empty. It's a big, huge piece of cut steel on the bottom. It looks like something off a manhole cover with a welded rod right in the middle of it that's over six feet tall in height, and it has a big collar. And the idea of this is you can do it empty. You can start doing it with weighted uh, whatever you want on it. Let me tell you something. You start shoveling up 150, 200 pounds of that, you're going to be unstoppable with everything. You're doing an overhand and an underhand grip when you lift this thing. Now, it, and it's very, it's not balanced the way you would think a shovel would be. There is, everything's on the front end of that. So think about that for a minute. It is, um, I, I would say, well, I, I, I would think people might argue the fact with me, but it really is not, I would say it's an odd object in a lot of ways. Um, but when you're doing this, these various pulls, I'll tell you something that I have found that has increased upper back so much. We do a very short pull, a high pull, from the belly button to the breastbone. So you have really no start with this thing like any of this stuff. So your leverage is really um, at, a, at, a, at a place where... Um, you're going to have to be pretty strong to get anything big moving. But it all works out, obviously, because I'm still doing it. Um, you want to build a set of traps, upper back? Start doing that movement. And then do a six-second isometric hold against the rods where you're pulling it against. You can go anywhere from two to four inches with it. Just try to get that bar started. I've been messing around. I've been using Iron Mind's Buffalo Bar because the center is higher. So-so. But I've been using, you know, an Olympic bar, obviously, too. So all these various lifts, I mean, when we're talking about a glued ham, we're talking about the reverse hyper, we're talking about pulling, if you want to, at different ranges, a good morning, anything like that. You know, things that you need to be cognizant of, 
But, man, you do things right like that, especially when you do a pull and a hold, I swear to God, not only will it work you from top to bottom, but you want to see a back. I didn't really finish. I mean, you wear a T-shirt out, and somebody that's got in a hole of back or any of these guys, that that shirt's going to be jutting out in the air, literally. I mean, you're going to look at this guy or whoever's back and say, what the hell do they got under there? And I said that before. You know, when I read those old things in Perry Raider's Iron Man, you know, that was one of the things about when they were talking about they couldn't figure out how Alexia or Serge Redding or any of these guys were building this back strength because they all had hyper extensions here. And then when they saw what these guys were doing, that's when Joe Doobie came back and started applying that. And obviously, Joe Doobie was one hell of an Olympic lifter. So what I'm saying here is this. Scott said it perfect with doing maybe a little higher rep with a kettlebell, with a reverse, whatever you're going to do. Pump a lot of blood in that back and heal it. That's all you want to do with it. You don't need to go overboard with it. But, man, when you get in that rack or you're pulling off the floor or you're squatting or whatever, make every moment count because the combination of the light, more pumping stuff with the shorter, lower rep, whether you're doing fives, threes, twos, or singles like I do with everything, you will have the biggest back you've ever seen in your life, and you'll have a very strong lower back, the small of the back as they call it. And not only that, a big back, shoulder, it just looks killer. Like I said, think about your traps. Your traps are going to be so big they're going to cover your ears like the older guys used to talk about. That's, And not only that, it was when you read articles like that, when you listen to us here, doesn't that give you some inspiration to want to go out and do it instead of everybody saying, ah, you can't do that, or, you know, you're going to get, who cares about any of that stuff? Concentrate on the things that are going to bring you what you need to excel and accomplish any goal. Scott, summarize everything, give out any information, I'll give mine, and hang on the line, please, if you would. Yeah, man, I uh, think the back, personally, you know, like you mentioned, I'm a huge fan of the deadlift, but I really think the back is the key to it all, and, and in order to build a strong lower back, you need both, like we've talked about, you need both the strength exercises and you need the high repetition exercises. Yep. And it's it's as simple as working deadlifts, supplementing with good mornings, Romanian deadlifts, heavier hip extension exercise, and then working those smaller single joint exercises like the reverse hypers, the back extensions, the kettlebell swings and such for really high reps. Yep. And don't neglect any area of the body, but the lower back with so many people and, you know, getting outside of talking about weightlifters and powerlifters and athletes, but so many people are lower back pain, yeah. weak lower backs. They hurt their lower backs. They're sitting on their ass all day. They do nothing to, to build that area up. A minimal, minimal time investment with some exercises like deadlifts, back extensions, reverse hypers, supplement with a lot of torso and abdominal work and back pain should be non-existent, you know, anything short of actually having a, an injury or an accident that hurts it. So no, I agree. It's just totally. something that, that isn't that hard to take care of. And, uh, it, it should, uh, you know, just require a little bit of time, but I, I think huge deadlift fan. I think that that exercises, you know, if, if, if you get in these stupid arguments, oh, if you're trapped on a deserted island, you can only oh, do one hey. exercise. Yep, yep. Deadlifts, man. Yep. You know, any picking, picking a heavy weight off the ground, lifting heavy stones, 
lifting heavy barbells. It's just such a basic complex motor pattern and it just develops so much overall strength in the body. But that, that's, that's my take on it all, man. It's, it's always fun to be on here talking with you. Uh, really enjoy some of the conversations we get into. This one was a lot of fun and, yeah. uh, looking forward to, uh, looking forward to being back on with you, hopefully in the, the near future, buddy. Oh, you will, man. And you know what else is a lot of fun? I've been going berserk on lately. On an off day, just taking a light sandbag, exploding it, shouldering yeah. it, as we call. Shoulder, Great shoulder, exercise. shoulder. There was, um, Bill was talking about, Bill Crawford, that is, he was on last week. And it was really interesting. I got to go and look it up. Um, one of the things that they had at the Arnold was uh, stone shouldering, and it was called Ode Hagen's Tombstone. And I'm not going to tell anybody who won it, but it's not a name that probably a lot of people are familiar with. You're talking over a 400-pound stone to shoulder. He said it was insane, man. So, you know, don't think that shouldering isn't a good thing either. I mean, you know, you want to talk about igniting everything. There's so many things I understand. People get a little confused about a lot of the stuff, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Look. No one's telling you to do anything all at once. What we're saying here is break it down, figure what you want to do. If there's a goal you want to reach and you need strength work, that's still the best way to do it. Like like Scott said, yeah, uh, more repetitions with your swing. Good luck. Good luck. Because the body is only so strong at that point. You need to increase the strength of who you are. And another thing, and I think next time we'll get into this too more so, is, you know, we talk about this. What you think about most, you become. And once you can get that down and figure it out, um, this stuff is going to just become better and better and better for you. This is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Check out our product, Winners and Champions, Inc., also, our prosperity page, anything you would like to donate to the company would be appreciated. All three donations are out there. All you got to do is click it. It'll go right to PayPal, and it's easy as can be to do. Also, go out to our YouTube channel um, and look at all the video we got out there. There's going to be more. All you got to do is go out to Fiorella Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. Don't forget about the Manly Men's Movement. Get involved, guys. This is what I was asked to do. The page is up. It's growing, growing, growing. Put out video. You know, keep it clean because we got younger men looking at this. I don't care if they've heard it or not. I don't want that here. I really don't. Um, we want to create good, strong minds. We don't need, like some people do with their shows. I hear, you know, they've got to use the F-bomb on every other, you know, every other word. We don't need to do that. We do slip here at times, but if that's the way you got to get your point across, forget it. Also, too, don't forget about our free call here, um, strategy. You want to get into something? You heard what we were talking about today. Maybe it's time you start take up, taking up deadlifting if you haven't. It's not as hard as you think. And as I said, if you live in the New York uh, area, Come on up here. I'll give you the best hour you've ever had in your life. Also, Skype calls. We can do them all over the world. It's great stuff. Advertising here on Motivation. Uh, just go fill out the uh, form, and I will call you. 
And that's the way you do it. That's self-respect, and that's respecting other people. Because I just think going back and forth with something like that is not the way to do business. And that's how we do it here. Also, too, don't forget to go out to MotivationMuscle.com. Sign up for our free newsletter. Uh, it goes to my MailChimp account. You'll get that. And as I said before, go out and look at all the shows Scott and I have done out on Eminem. Uh, there's a library already there, stuff you should look into. Um, if so, uh, if you'd like Scott and I to do a particular show, Fiorello Barbell at NICAP.R.com. If someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, five words could inspire somebody to do the greatest things ever. Also, too, my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile. That might be all they get that day. If you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, squat it, pull it, push it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. As the great Hoosa Steel Stone Crusher says in blood red, domination, we dominate everything. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone's. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. It'll always be that way. Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Winners never quit, and quitters never win. My pop, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. Also, Frank Klein, or, um, John Ridge, my greatest co- or my greatest uh, chiropractor, he'd walk every patient in the door and say, keep smiling. Say that to yourself no matter what kind of day you're having. Keep smiling, keep smiling, keep smiling. Also, too, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred or more of your friends we're coming because we won't knock your door and we'll blow the roof off your house. Be part of the family, part of the revolution. And as Les Brown says, you'll all... Have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you and we got your back. And how many people would say that in today's day and age? It's just great, great stuff. Scott, another super show for the books. Um, honor. Always great to have you on, brother. Thanks, man. Always great to be here. Always great chatting with you. Looking forward to the next one. Yes, sir. So this show, let's see. Today's Saturday. This show will be up Monday. Um, if it's up earlier, it could happen too. Um, but you know something? Life is asking something from all of us, and it's asking something from you. Go out and do it. It is very, very, very important. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you soon. And thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.